0: Have you been considering taking your horse or Western photography passion to the next level? Hi, it's Kara with Cowgirls with Cameras, and I want to tell you about our Cottonwood Ranch photography experience in August. This experience is a workshop, portfolio builder, business clinic and gathering set in the majestic scenery of the Nevada mountains. This event is learning intensive and full of shooting opportunities that feature ranch work, western horses, cowboys, cowgirls, horses, and dogs. You'll walk away feeling more confident in your camera, editing, and business skills, shoot a few thousand images, and gain new friends in the process. Our events are always focused on collaboration over competition, and our three instructors, myself, Kim Beer, and Phyllis Bruchette, are all deeply passionate about seeing you reach your photography goals. To learn more about this event and other photography adventures we have coming up, head over to cowgirlswithcameras.com.
1: It's time to laugh, learn, and take your photography to the next level with your favorite cowgirls with cameras, Kara, Kim, and Phyllis. Welcome to the Cowgirls with Cameras podcast. I'm Kim with Kim Beer Photography and Be More Business. I'm Kara with Fast Horse Photography. And I'm Phyllis with Phyllis for Photo. Good morning. Good
0: morning. I always smile when we do our intros because I'm always waiting that. to see. I'm always waiting to see how we're gonna like mess it up somehow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's because I've given you PTSD because I've managed to do two episodes right today, but yeah. the 26 before this, I've screwed it up yeah. every time. So <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm batting two for two. And let me tell you, it's taken all of my concentration to manage to get that intro right <laughs> on two episodes in a row. So I'm, I'm, I'm giving myself you. a gold star You're for the day. You're doing
0: good, Cam. <laughs> I am proud of you. Well done. Uh, What's everybody been up to this week? Okay, so I just want to throw it out there. If our listeners are listening to us, we're coming to them from the future right now. Because (laughs) by the time this episode is live, we will have been to Montana. We will have had amazing workshop with incredible photographers. It's not a workshop, it's a retreat a beautiful <laughs> retreat experience <laughs> and it will have been amazing and we will be on a high after that. But in real world news, I'm just putting that out, it's going to be an amazing, amazing event. In real world news, I've been gearing up for back to school because oh my gosh. it is the time. My son and I <laughs> literally were looking at the backpack magazine this morning and he's he's thumbing through it and he's all frustrated and he's like, this is just mean to kids on summer break that we have to pick out our school supplies. It's not even time for back to school. And I'm like, it's coming up. You've just got a few weeks, believe it or not. And I'm like, yes, it's almost time. I can get out of the summer school, the summer camp routine and get back to a normal routine. But I also have been working my butt off On my email marketing and my client segmentation. And I've been working with Denise over at Storm Lily, and she is probably so frustrated with me right now because I have just been a little bit of a project for her. So, (laughs) (laughs) but it's going and it's happening, and I'm excited. So, but that's what I've been doing is surviving summer. It's almost, I'm almost ready for the back to school autumn which means fall portrait shoots are already coming, which is insane to think about. What about you guys?
1: Well, I've been writing my book. I know I've mentioned it before, but I've actually been making huge progress on creative amplifiers. I don't know if that'll be the title when it's all done, but I have been deep into thought about creativity and about how it shows up in our lives and how it's been my lifeline. And I've also been working on my poetry chapbook, which now I've decided I want to put photos with. So I'm going through and starting to pick out some photos from my catalog that fit the poems that I have written. So I'm deep into the publishing part of things and wanting to get more involved in getting all of that checked. Marked because I've set myself a pretty lofty goal of getting that done by the middle of September. So I want both of those books ready to rock and roll. So tippity typing away as fast as I can. I'm excited about your Creative Amplifiers book. I am very excited about it. Yeah. Whatever you
0: end up calling it, that is going to be such a help for so many people. I don't know. You've given me good advice when I've needed it for getting my creative mojo back. So yeah. I just think you're, this is something that you're meant to do. How come she's giving you all the advice? She doesn't give me any. I ask for it. I'm needy. You're not as needy. <laughs> oh, I'm needy. I just am afraid to ask. <laughs> It probably has something to do with your inner critic. Yes. (laughs) Geez. Oh, it could be. Uh,
1: What an apropos mention of that. Yeah, I'm getting real good at that. I think we're going to talk about that today, aren't we?
0: Probably, yeah. Before we do that, though, what have you been up to, Phyllis? Oh,
2: wow. I just feel like I'm always playing catch up. Being on the road is is both exhilarating and tiring at the same time. I (laughs) I always look forward to going, but then I'm so happy to be back home. I keep it up with my newsletter in advance so I don't have to think about them on the road. And it's funny that you mentioned, Denise. Because I look back on my conversation initially with Denise when I first started, when I hired her to motivate me to do my weekly newsletter, thinking, oh, my goodness, it'll be so hard coming up with topics each week. And now I'm thinking, wow, there's so much to talk about in so little time. So I hope people enjoy my newsletter because it is a labor of love for me. And I'm proud of myself, super
0: proud of myself for staying on track.
2: I have not missed a week since I started. And I think that's awesome.
0: (laughs) It is really awesome. It's like that creative amplifier thing with Kim, like you're working that muscle now. And so it's like you're seeing topics everywhere and you've got ideas everywhere. And I think that's fantastic. And I do enjoy getting your newsletter. So if folks aren't signed up for it, they better get on that because you put out good stuff. Well, thank you. I would
2: also like to talk about a couple of upcoming events we have. Uh, we have in oh, in beautiful fall color in the end of September, we have Trapper's Lake Lodge in the stunning flat top wilderness of uh, Colorado. I cannot wait. So I think we have uh, one or two spaces left maybe for that. I'm not sure exactly, but it is an adventure. It's going to be an adventure, a real adventure. Not to say that we won't <laughs> help people if they need help. It'll be based more on the photography itself than it Will be yep. on a teaching aspect, but it's going to be a blast. I cannot wait. Kim has been there to this uh, lodge, and she's uh, been a testament to how beautiful it is. And I have—I used to host uh, ladies' rides in the Plateau Wilderness, so I know how gorgeous that area is. So I'm really super excited to get back there. Also, we have the Oklahoma Gathering (laughs) with Art of the Cowgirl in October. It's the middle of October. So lodging is included with that one. And by the time this airs, that should be open for registration. So it's going to be great. We're going to be at at some really beautiful, exciting ranches there, the Crossbell. And what's the other one, Kim? Uh, Wolf Creek Ranch. Wolf Creek Ranch. It just escaped my brain there for a second, which happens a lot lately. And also the uh Pioneer Woman is right there in Pawhuska, uh, Oklahoma. So we're excited for that one. I think it's going to be a really cool and a new location for us. So that's going to anyway. be awesome. Yes.
0: You know, I was thinking about the Trapper's Lake Lodge adventure. And that one, I think for me, like one of the things I'm most looking forward to is being, first of all, in different environment to photograph that I haven't got to shoot in before, like that's going to be incredible. But also the fact that it's going to be a way to unplug, you oh, know, yeah. it's going to be really <laughs> literally, nice. Literally literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it sounds, it sounds a little scary probably for some people. What do you mean unplug? Like I am looking forward to not having access to things for a while. Like I want to be able to solely focus on photography, solely focus on networking with other photographers, and I am looking forward to being forced to do that. I know I have no other option. Like we can't just disappear onto our phones. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I'm really looking forward to that.
1: Yes. And what what is talking about is that there's no internet. And what's more is there's no it's, electricity. It's, rural. it's rugged. Yeah, there's no electricity yeah. after I think it's seven, seven or nine, somewhere in there. Oh, they I thought you they, said nine. Eight PM, 8 p.m. Well, okay. they cut the electricity off until morning. So it's I've stayed there and um it's a wonderful feeling to not mm-hmm. have that electrical buzz. I mean, yeah. I don't think you realize how intrusive it is into everything we do. Yeah. That we're constantly we have this barrier between us and nature and they literally remove that barrier for an x number of hours per night and It's some of the best rest you will ever, ever get. And it's also some of the best awareness of how alive you really are when you're out in that wilderness. It's it's a different feeling than any other place that we shoot at. And I'm very much looking forward to it as well, because I think it's going to be I think the photographers are going to have an amazing time. And I, I've seen the imagery. I mean, good grief. There's scenery everywhere. <laughs>
2: I mean, you just think about the amazing night skies there with no ambient oh, light. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And
0: I'm thinking about like the fireside chats. Yes. You know, like the, <laughs> the way that I think we can really have some valuable conversations that are, they're going to be so much more meaningful because we're not distracted. Yeah. You know, so I'm just, I don't know. Call me sentimental, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it too,
1: Kara. (laughs) Uh, So what are we talking about today? We're talking about your lovely inner critic. Yay. <laughs> the inner critic who gets to be front and center, who's like, wait a minute, do you really want to be talking about this? What is wrong with you people? So, <laughs> yeah, our lovely inner critic. So, for me, because I work in gestalt and with hypnosis, I meet a lot of inner critics. <laughs> I get to meet I have my own. <laughs> I probably actually have more than 1 that rides around with me on a regular basis. Now you're just bragging. Yeah, I also get um, <laughs> I also get to meet other people's inner critics as well. And I get to be part of the negotiation that happens with the inner critic. To help people make friends with this part of their self, I, as much as you would like to, you can't take it out behind the woodshed and get rid of it. It's it's a part of you. That's a
0: horrible. That is a horrible. Yeah, can we not use that one again? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's <horrible. laughs> but it's something you might want to do to your inner critic. I mean, you're I like, guess. Damn. It just <laughs> it's it's a total, total what diversion, a horrible visual. total diversion from my bunnies in the basket yesterday on the business animal. So yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> so anyway, so it's light and dark, right? But your inner critic is something that they serve a purpose and they actually serve a very positive purpose. And Kira going to talk about that a little bit, but it's important to be able to negotiate with them and, and to understand who they are and why they show up in your life. And we all have one. And for those of you who are like, wait a minute, what is Kim talking about? She's off on a <laughs> Woo channel. So let me bring it back. It's the little voice in your head or the thing that sits on your shoulder, however you want to imagine it that tells you all of the things that you're doing wrong or that you can't do that or blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of things that our inner critic says. And I work with a lot of writers and writers particularly have a lot of difficulty with their inner critic or inner editor. By the way, you can have a million names for this thing. <laughs> it doesn't have to be, we're going to call it an inner critic, but I mean, I have clients that name theirs. They're like, yep, it's Bob. <laughs> Bob is a jerk. <laughs> or I personally, I named mine the approval officer. I'm like, seriously, dude, you've got to set down. you. you it's okay. So there's, there's a lot of names, but it's that voice in your head that, that tells you things. Now, here's the big deal I want to discuss in my part of this discussion is that there are times that we get confused between our inner critic and trolls. So in my work, I also get to be a troll slayer, not just on my gaming, but in real life. I get to help people slay their trolls and trolls are the voices of people who have told us something when we were young or when we were in a vulnerable spot where we swallowed it and believe it completely, even though it's not true about ourselves. So sometimes I'll have clients that come to me and they'll be like, I have this voice in my head that keeps telling me I'm not good enough. I can't do it. You're weird. You're stupid. You know, all of those things then I always ask the question, you know, deep, look deep within and, and kind of think about it. Whose voice is that? Is it your inner voice, which is your inner critic raising up and, and saying something, or is it a voice of somebody that you know in your life or a voice that's more disembodied as culture? Cause culture also can become a troll, right? If you're different body, different abled, different, anything, a culture really has a, a Bad habit of pointing that out until we swallow whole that that's not a good thing. Those are trolls. They're not inner critics. Those, i um, sorry, Karen, I'm going to use it one more time. Those you can take out behind the woodshed and execute they're not necessary for you to carry through your life. They don't serve a purpose except to hold you back. And there's no reason to keep them around. Your inner critic, on the other hand, there is a reason to have that inner critic. The thing that I would like to impart about the inner critic is that it does serve a purpose and that you can negotiate with your inner critic. My inner critic, the approval officer, really held me back for many, many years. It, it basically put reins on me because it would say, you can't do that. You can't put that out in public. You can't say those things. What if somebody hears you and misunderstands that? And and we all know I get, I now I my inner critic is a little bit better. It sits back and laughs at some of the stuff that I say that's goofy or stupid <laughs> or woo-woo because it's okay. It's learned and I've learned that it's all right to be able to put stuff out there and not always be perfect, which a lot of inner critics like perfection. <laughs> they want perfection and it's perfection is not always attainable by humans. So it's a matter of negotiating, of sitting down with your inner critic and saying, listen, I want to be more creative in my photography. So when I'm shooting, I need you to not sit on my shoulder and say, do you really want to walk over there? Or that was a stupid angle to take that photo from or... Really? You're going to lay on the ground and shoot upwards? Nobody else is doing that. Why would you do it? You're going to look silly. Or you can't ask that question because that person who's leading the workshop, they will think you're stupid if you ask that question. I mean, these are all dialogues that I know go on in my head. They go on in the people that we work with's heads it's it's all of that inner critic in there chatting in our ear and that's the moment when you step back for a second and you say listen i may look silly if i lay down on the ground and shoot up at the horse but my dear what if i fly what if it looks good what if it's it's a really unique angle that nobody else has looked at before or that i haven't tried before so one of the things that i dearly love about our workshops is that we offer you the opportunity to where we hope that we make it comfortable enough that your inner critic can feel safe in sitting down and letting you explore because the environment is open to things like that. And that practice means that you can carry it back into your life. If you can't make it to a workshop, the best thing I can recommend is to just to have a mini dialogue with your inner critic and say, listen, I want to try this. Can you give me that opportunity? It's funny. Most of the time, the answer is yes. It's absolutely. Give it a whirl. Let's see what we can do. Take a baby step. So Kira, I'm dying to tell people what is great about their inner critic. And, and I know you have a great, you have a Kira list. Yeah, of course. So please dive in and let's let's tell people how their inner critic is actually a good thing. <laughs> Okay. So
0: you know me, I went through and I thought about the upside and the downside because, you know, I, I think a lot of times we think about our inner critic as like a bad thing and just the word critic, like kind of has a negative feel to it. So... I was like, okay, so there has to be some upsides to having an inner critic, right? So for me, the upside is that it's kind of like a mirror. It's it's a reflection. It's a self-reflection for us. It's really good for self-reflection and, and it can be really good for growth, this inner critic of ours. It can provide perspective on our thoughts, behaviors, and actions, and it can help us think about where improvement is needed. So just taking the time to kind of reflect on what are some of those common things that are coming up over and over again. And what does that that mean that I need to think about? What does that mean that I need to work on? I also think the inner critic can be really good for like your ambition, your motivation. So it can serve as a, you know, at least for me, it can serve as a driving force to push me further and to encourage me to achieve my goals. Like, well, you're not going to tell me I can't do that. I'm going to do these things. It can also highlight some of those areas of potential weakness or maybe shortcomings, and it can push us to work harder and set higher standards and just always strive for improvement. So that inner critic that says that you can't do something or that you're not going to be good enough at that, or you're going to look silly, that is something that can push us further. Well, if I'm not good enough yet, then I'm going to practice until I get good enough that I feel like I've impressed this side of myself. So it's a, a really good motivator. My favorite good, like upside of the inner critic and the one that is probably the most annoying to Phyllis and Kim, but the one that keeps me like just where I am and is the one that I feel like is my favorite is the risk management side of the inner critic. (laughs) The inner critic acts as your internal risk management system. I mean, yay, we all need one of those. you know. And in our little group, I think one of us has to have an inner critic that really feels this part of things. (laughs) So the inner critic cautions us about potential risks or the negative consequences of our actions. It can help us evaluate the pros and cons of any situation and consider the pitfalls. So in my family, I also have the risk management job. I don't love that it's solely my job, but I will tell you, I can think through every potential negative outcome of any situation and prepare to handle that should it arise because of the upside of my inner critic. So some people are out there thinking, man, you must have a lot of anxiety or you must worry a lot. Sure, I do. (laughs) Sure. Those are parts of my inner critic. But the thing is, is that you have to have that, you know, we have to have that to be safe. There is a piece of that that we need inside of us to be safe. Okay, so those are what I would consider to be the upside of the inner critic. And you guys can add to that if you want. Did you have something you want to add, Kim?
1: I do. I just love the <laughs> fact that my approval officer is over here going, clapping his hands and saying, we love Kara's risk management guy. We should listen uh-huh. to him. Um, is It's occasionally a really good idea to do that because the inner critic is like not your <laughs> only part of self, right? There's a whole team. And and part of my work, we figure out who that team is. It's a really fun it's a fun, fun, fun experience to figure out who your parts of self, what they are and who they are. And unfortunately, my approval officer is like, he's one person on a very large team of risk takers. <laughs> so, so he's like, well, I think he's very thankful for your risk yeah. management because he gets Trump a lot. <laughs> I
0: totally understand that. Phyllis, did you have any upsides you want to add to that? <laughs> Inner critic?
1: <laughs> no, I just I no, no, I'm good. <laughs> okay. Her inner critic okay. told her to not interject into that. The inner critic
2: <laughs> is is back here going, "See?" There's a good part of why I'm here. <laughs> That's right.
0: That's right. Okay. But there are downsides. So that yeah, risk listen to, listen to this inner critic. <laughs> yeah. There are downsides to the inner critic. And the first one is self-doubt and low self-esteem. Constant self-criticism from your inner critic can lead to feelings of inadequacy and limit the way we believe in ourselves. This is so true. If your inner critic is constantly pulling you down... You know, like Kim said, you have to figure out if it's your inner critic or if it's a troll, like where is it coming from? But this can really lead to self-doubt and it can really lead to low self-esteem, just constantly hearing these negative things about ourselves. Another downside is perfectionism and a fear of failure. Your inner critic might be just out there setting impossibly high standards that will prevent you from taking action for fear of failure. Um, It might also keep you from pursuing new opportunities for that same reason. So one of the things with my inner critic is it has a bit of perfectionism attached to it. And so what that will mean for me is I won't take steps to move forward on projects unless I think that we are prepared to do so and to do so well. And that isn't necessarily a bad thing unless it starts really holding you back. And it's like we've talked about sitting on our butt, our B-U-T, but I can't do this until I accomplish this one thing or until it's absolutely perfect. And sometimes it's okay that it's not perfect that it's really good and you're constantly building on it. So that can be a downside if the perfectionism side or the fear of failure is holding you back. Your inner critic can also place an emotional strain on you. It can generate feelings of guilt, shame, and anxiety, which just honestly, it just makes you feel really crappy about yourself. So if, if your inner critic is putting you down, if it's making you feel guilty or shameful, that's a inner critic that needs to have some work done, you know, that maybe needs a chatting with, a talking to, because that's not good for anybody. And then another downside, and this is one that I feel pretty strongly about, that your inner critic can limit your self-expression and creativity. For me, this one's big. It can make me scared to try new creative ideas. It can make me anxious about my personal self-expression. I just get fearful of being judged by other photographers. And I constantly am rethinking and censoring things before I do them. So I might edit an image, and I've noticed this has gotten worse the farther along I've gotten in my photography journey. I tend to look at my work more critically over and over and over again and be more doubtful about what I share into the photography community because I do fear being judged by other photographers. So my inner critic can be censoring to some extent, censoring me from expressing myself. And then the last thing that I have regarding a downside for your inner critic is a need for excessive external validation. You know, as a photographer, you might start to prioritize the opinions of others over your own thoughts and desires. You're concerned about the external side of things, what people are thinking about you, what your inner critic has to say about that. So you might hear voices in your head like, well, you know, so-and-so is going to disapprove or, you know, you're going to really disappoint people. So when you start hearing those things, that's probably where that's coming from. Do you guys see any other downsides to the inner
1: critic? I see a lot of trolls when there's a lot of of downsides. Yeah. So it's so hard to separate in like some of the things you were saying, it's so hard to separate sometimes the trolls from the inner critic. And that's such an important piece of when you get that, where it's really raking at your self-esteem, it's causing shame and guilt. None of that should be internal, right? It should be something that you can externally work with. So it's getting somebody to help you. There's times you just can't read your way out of this or talk your way out of it. And it is so limiting sometimes in the things that we self-limit ourselves around in in our progress forward in life and in business and and especially creativity where we get all tangled up with our self-value and self-worth gets all tangled up into our work. That's one of the things about being a creative that can be so scary for people is because that's the experience. But here's the thing. Everybody has an inner critic. You are not alone. Mm-hmm. And every single person that views your work has that same inner critic inside of them. And maybe their inner critic just as an ass. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, so- just call my inner
0: critic a name. <laughs>
1: I just want you to realize that this is a phenomenon. I think we forget that everybody carries this around. And so sometimes somebody else's inner critic says something that like really crushes you and your inner critic is back there. I told you so just like, Phyllis did a moment ago. I told you so. I told you I was here for a good reason. So just remember that as you're walking through life and when it gets bad and when it seems like a bad situation is up, just remember everybody has one of these. You are not alone and that there are things that you can work through to make it all better and to loosen up the restraint that you have feel on yourself so that you can fully express your creativity.
0: Awesome. So Phyllis, how do you live with your inner critic? <laughs> <laughs> oh great. So I get I get to, to tell you how I
2: live with my inner critic or how to live with your inner critic, which I do so well. <laughs> Yeah, right. Not.
0: We all have one. How do you live with yours? (laughs) It's funny
2: because I do have a name for my inner critic. And it's it's actually, yes, I do. And it's actually a name I've used for other things in my life, too.
0: (laughs) Are you going to share it? I am. It's uh, my dad
2: in his elder years. We had a woman that came and took care of him. And her name was Martha. And she was (laughs) very, very helpful. But at the same time, extremely annoying. She was one of those people that you you couldn't live, you know, we couldn't do without her because she really did care for my father and love him very much to take care of him and do things. But she was also a terrible, annoying person. Like she would oh, criticize gosh. him and tell him what he shouldn't eat and what he shouldn't do and all this kind of stuff. You know, he was a 90 something years old. Why not eat what you want to eat? You know, so anyway. In my lifetime, I have also had a GPS, you know, back when GPS first came out that was named Martha because it was very helpful but extremely annoying at times. <laughs> so so that's what my inner critic is is named is Martha. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> because as Kara said, the it poor has, Martha's
0: of the world <laughs> right now. It has
2: upsides and it has downsides. For me, the downsides honestly. Well, for me, the upsides have been very helpful in my career because I think they have been good for self-reflection and growth and motivation. And I know you said perfectionism is one of the downsides, but I don't know. I think for me, it has helped me to be more particular about what I put out there on the downside like the part about prioritizing other people's opinions over your own, that's a big one. But I think it's really important to be aware of when your inner critic is active, <laughs> which is hard to do sometimes, but uh, to pay attention to negative self-talk or doubt. So think about that and when it happens and challenge your inner critic by asking or I think, let me put this in my words, (laughs) instead of third person, I find it's really helpful to challenge my inner critic by asking myself what these feelings are based on, then to have self-compassion, which sometimes is hard for me to do. But I think to treat myself like I would a friend with kindness and understanding is really important. I mean, I wouldn't treat my friend that way. I don't know why I treat myself that way sometimes. I remind myself that everybody makes mistakes and everybody faces challenges. And it's how you deal with those that is important. Not that you, like I said, everybody has them. So I do try to replace negative self-talk with positive and constructive thoughts. I think one of my favorites is I am more than capable to do or whatever. And then I follow that with whatever the challenge is that's facing me. I try to focus on my strengths. That's one thing that I've... I've found, especially with working with you two, because I feel (laughs) like we point them out to you all the time. You do. You always point out. I was thinking that by working with you two, I feel like you're so much more knowledgeable and like you've already done, you've already done your podcast. So you've already like podcast experts and all this kind of stuff. So a lot of times I do feel (laughs) less than around you two.
1: I put it out there. I'm
2: sorry, but I did. But anyway, that's just your inner critic. talking. That's my inner critic talking. Yes. So I do try. I found that trying to focus on my strengths and what I do well is a big help for me. Surrounding myself with supportive and positive people that believe in me is really important. Don't be afraid to reach out and ask for support, you know, if you need it. That's something I'm not good at. I try, uh, I know Kara mentioned setting unrealistic goals, so I try the best I can to set realistic goals and expectations for myself. Sometimes it helps to break those goals into smaller steps too and to celebrate each step as you reach it. And I think being patient with yourself is a big one too. That's something I'm not good at so much. But self-care for me actually is very helpful in quieting my inner critic, taking care of my physical, mental, and my emotional well-being and Doing things that bring me joy. I know this sounds silly to talk about this when you're talking about inner critic, but this really helps me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Doing things that bring me joy, exercising. Of course, two of those that I need more help with is (laughs) mindfulness and sleep, because I'm not always good at getting the sleep I needed. But yeah, take
1: care of yourself and quiet, Martha. (laughs) Go <laughs> <Put it>, Martha. <laughs> yeah. Tell Martha to sit her butt down. Yes. yes. Well, I'm Go glad I know corner, her name Martha. now. <laughs>
0: I'm glad I know her name now so I can call her out when I need to. I feel like I need to come up with a name for mine so that you guys can call her out. <laughs> I hope Martha is not listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Martha out there in the world is like, oh no, now they've started something. I hope I don't become the next Karen. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Oh gosh feel so bad for Karens in the world, yeah. but yes. And I love how you're making peace with your inner critic, Phyllis. I've, <laughs> I've known you for a few years now and I've watched you work through this on your own. And it's, it's amazing to watch you work through it. And I think that the bottom line to all of this is, is that. When your inner critic gets its head up and is really like driving, we call it driving the bus. You know, if they're, if they're the one driving the bus, it's really hard for you to make forward progress. So the, Mm -hmm. the goal is to help them to be able to not feel like they have to drive the bus to not have to manage everything so that the other parts of you that want to come forward are Are available to do so. And on the perfectionism, you know, years and years ago, that perfectionism thing used to really stop me from doing a lot of stuff. And I had a personal negotiation with myself many, many, many years ago that said, Do you want it perfect or do you want it done? And the perfect part, it's like it would never be perfect. Like, right, I couldn't be perfect enough ever. So, I kind of adopted the attitude that done was better than perfect. And that has actually helped me a lot in letting go of considering the perfectionism bug. So it's not as necessary anymore because perfection really is an illusion. I don't ever do anything that's I could ever consider what I would say, right. that's perfect.
2: But I, I totally agree with that because I heard that phrase a couple years ago and I thought, you know what? That's so true. I mean, you keep putting off things because you want it to be perfect and then you never
1: get it done. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Done is better than perfect. And I always tell myself, so my inner critic has to have a little bit of say in that. So at the end of that is it's gonna be done for now, but I can always come back and make it more perfect later. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, the later never often happens, but it gets it through the moment. So we're all good. Poor approval officer <laughs> with his I little love badge. That. <laughs>
0: I like that. I remember when that, uh, was it a Pixar movie that came out that had all of the different parts of self? And I just, what was the name of that? Do you guys I don't remember? know.
1: I want to see it though. I don't think I'll, I've seen it. I'll
0: send it to you. It was, um, but it had like, anger and happiness and fear. And so all these little parts of self were working within this child as he navigated the world. And whenever we talk about this subject and Martha's in the room and we're talking about your approval officer, like it just makes me think about (laughs) that's what it feels like inside of the brain sometimes. (laughs) So I'll send it to you guys. I can't think of what it's called, but I'll send it to you. I love Pixar. So anything. Yeah. It's either Pixar or Disney. I can't remember, but it's super cute. And it was a good... It was a good one. You guys would like it.
1: Somebody right now is in their car going, shouting out the they're name of the movie. <laughs> yeah,
0: they're screaming it out. Yeah, they're screaming it out. And they're saying, you idiots. <laughs> you should know this, especially you, because you have a kid that is of age. But I can't think of it. So Anyway. Well, thanks everybody for joining us today. We hope that you liked this episode and that it at least was, it at least gets you thinking about how your inner critic might be affecting your work that you're doing as a photographer and kind of how you're navigating that world. So let us know, hop over on Instagram or Facebook. I don't know. Maybe we'll be on thread soon too. Who knows? And um, let us know that you have, heard us and that you got something out of it. If you enjoyed it, let us know. If you hated it, we want to hear about that too. So anyway, we hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you guys soon. Thanks for listening to this episode
1: of Cowgirls with Cameras. Don't let the laughter and learning stop here. Join our community on social media and be sure to visit our website for more opportunities to fulfill your photography goals. Head to cowgirlswithcameras.com. That's cowgirlswithcameras.com. See you next time.